This evening, I wanted to, uh, George and I, I asked George to go with me and uh, accompany me to the minister's conference that I went to. I go pretty much each year in Texas uh, with brother at Brother Copeland's minister's conference, and they have 12, generally 12 other speakers and then him, and this year there were two others on top of that, so there was 15 speakers there. And uh, it was quite a mixture, but it was interesting to see how everything came together and uh, how the Lord was absolutely moving. And uh, I'm going to ask George to come up here and uh, share a little bit with you. I'd like, um, I'm going to ask him to kind of, I'm just going to let him say what he wants to say at first, and then we'll probably talk back and forth about a couple of things, and, and then I'll wrap up. But um, I want to share with you, because right now where we're at, in time, in the kingdom, is um, we are at an interesting place uh, where it's a different era in the kingdom of God. We're moving into a place where we are very, very rapidly moving towards the end of this age, moving towards the end of time. And uh, if you don't believe that, there's a uh, there's some scripture that talks about in the last days there will be this and men will be lovers of selves and lovers of money and this and that. And uh, if you've ever seen all of that scripture dissected, you will see that all of that stuff, it's right now. It is absolutely, without doubt, describing right now. And that is the last of the last days. And I didn't realize till last year, actually, it was at this same conference last year when they had a Greek scholar that was... Uh, actually dissecting those verses. Um, I always expected that to be in my lifetime, but I didn't really expect it to be, we're already in it. And I realized as he was teaching, oh my goodness, we are in it. And then there's something in the past year that's even shifted even more. And you know, our, um, our whole theme last year was be the light. And it says as darkness and gross darkness or deep darkness covers the earth, uh, that we are to shine. And there's never been any better time for us to shine the love and the life of God. But in order to shine the love and life of God, and our theme this year, there's hope. In order to have that kind of hope, there's, we need to know what we're doing. <laughs> we, need to, we need to understand how to do that. And uh, I would say that the conference had a lot to do uh, with that. And so I just wanted to share with you a lot of it has to do with where are we at as the body of Christ in this world today. And uh, so I wanted to definitely share that with you. And uh, if you have any questions, we can, we can answer some of that as well. But we'll just have a seat, and uh, I'm going to let George. So George went with me, and we got snowed in. And um, I did get boots from Texas. They're cool. <laughs> and um, George was picking on me for my boots, but it's okay. They're comfortable, and I like them. George, <laughs> but uh, anyway, we um, we had uh, we had a good time, uh, and they canceled our flight coming home from Atlanta to Charlotte, and that was on Thursday, and we were supposed to get back on Friday because of the snow and ice, and so we flew on to Atlanta anyway, and drove back Friday night, and got back here at eleven thirty, and uh, we saw a bunch a snow <laughs> and a bunch of slipping and sliding, but we got here and the Lord helped us and um, we weren't in the ditch, praise God. So, but uh, it was a good time and uh, we saw a lot of good stuff. I mean, the Lord really was moving on our trip and 
I asked George, hey, man, share with them what you saw. So ready, go. <laughs> so first off, I want to say in front of everyone, um, thank you for uh, yeah. the honor and privilege of going there. Amen. Not only they're going there, but going there with you. Yeah. So I want to say thank you for yes, that. Um, and a lot of you may not know Brian, uh, as I have gotten to know him in the past week, where he is an awesome pastor here. And not only there, but everyone online can absolutely see that as well. But in a minister's conference, he is head, head of shoulders, whatever the phrase is, above everyone else. Ministers were going to him for counsel. That's who we have here. That's the privilege that we have by being here. People are going to him for advice, going, okay, what do you think I should do? Or what is on the Father's leading in this situation for me or for my church? So not only was he looking for Brian for godly wisdom for himself, but for his congregation. And what should I do with this? So that's the godly wisdom that this man has, and he imparts to us. And that was clearly evident uh, in the past 12 months for all the different uh, sermons that he's given us. Um, in the minister's conference, there were many, many, many times where Brian and I were talking uh, the night before about different sermons he's had here and then uh, in the past 12 months. And then all of a sudden that day, some of it was word for word for what he said, <laughs> not only online, but what we've had in our uh, personal relationship, just different discussions. So I can tell you from just my own personal experience that he is absolutely 100% spot on in what he's been teaching us. And not only that, but that is confirmed with the main themes that we're going through, not the entire meeting, but each, in, each individual meeting as well. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to go through some of that with you. Um, <laughs> oh, shucks, George. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one is Thank all you. in. Absolutely. God's good. Yes. And the first one is all in. And when Brian was talking about it, it said, hey, um, it, it goes back to the scripture where it's, you know, it, lukewarm is not good. You're cold, you're hot, you're all in. Bam. And that was absolutely, absolutely one of the main themes in one of the, uh, the meetings. And I don't want to sit there and say, okay, this is the theme of this one, this is the theme of this one. Um, but I am going to go through just some of the highlights and some of my notes. And since uh, I'm an an older guy, I like to write notes and not with an iPad or electronic, so that's why I have this and a spool, so you'll have to bear with me. Did you just call me younger than you? Cause no, no, just uh, you're more <laughs> tech savvy <laughs> in your cowboy boots than yeah. I am in my sneakers. <laughs> but I'm a city boy, yeah, so I understand. that wouldn't fit with me. He was like, you wouldn't have to charge your iPad if you took notes on paper. I'm like, shut up, George. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. I was not going to bring that up. <laughs> But I always was able to take notes. <laughs> but part of my job there was to help him, so that was clearly an avenue where I got to be blessed by helping him. So, uh, so the second one is proof. <laughs> so the second one is proof. And the proof is not only in your life, but in uh, the world says your legacy is in your children. Um, and I, I would say that as Christians, that not only are we individual leaders, but we're collective leaders. And it, our legacy isn't with our children, but our legacy is how we treat each other. And the world will say the golden rule, or is nicknamed the golden rule. It's, it's not the golden rule. It's, it's, hey, do unto others as you wish to have them done to you. Right. Whether you're, you're tired, whether you're angry, whether you've had a bad day, um, and you get a phone call from a friend that needs ministering. 
to her, hey, you know, I've had a bad day, I need you to minister, you're going to have to put your flesh down. You're going to have to put yourself down because you're called to minister, period. Um, so that was absolutely one of the themes, and that absolutely tied in with, uh, with the, the different sermons that we've had as well. Um, another one was family, and we talk about that here. And that, all of this you'll see here in a minute where I'll tie it all together is, is one common theme. Uh, another one is family, and the church is the family. You know, we're all one family. Not only are we a part of a bigger family of God's family, but we're also a family with each other. Yeah. You know, we, we're in our own little families, our own little pods, or whatever you want to call them. And then you break out from there and say, okay, the smaller part is um, the small part who you're married to and your children. And it goes from there, okay, who's your blood family? And then who's your spiritual family? And I would dare say that the spiritual family has a tighter bond. Because the spirit, the spirit realm always precedes the natural realm. The spirit realm is more, is more concrete than the natural. Because in the spirit realm, things happen first. Right? Then it's the natural realm. <clears throat> um, that actually is, that's a particular scripture that I've been thinking a whole lot on where Jesus says, hey, your family, your mother and your brothers outside. He was like, these are my mother and brothers, you know, and he was talking about his spiritual family. And then we know that the root of everything is the spiritual. And, and the Lord's really been talking to me more and more about that is, all right, you know, we have a saying that says blood is thicker than water, but, you know, when we received the blood of Christ, that was even thicker than physical blood. And it was, you know, there's a value there. And I personally have been meditating on that, so that's interesting that you brought that up. And it's true, and they hit on it a lot down there. Amen. Um, and it's going back to, okay, so there's a collective family, the spiritual family, and all of us. And then what is our part? And that goes back to what we do Sunday mornings. We pray for the other churches around here. And we're part of, a part of the body of Christ. You know, collectively, we all are. Um, and I just, I thought about the love that is here, you know, that is expressed with every one of us. Um, to welcome not only people that might be here for the first time, but for each other. You know, there's threads out there that if you need prayer, you sit there and you call somebody and, and bam, five or six people are right on there and, and get it real time. Um, that's because of the care, the love that is here for everyone. Yeah. And that is absolutely something that's felt from the top down to everyone. Not only with the pastors, but the leadership teams, and then goes from there. So uh, that, was, that was one of the things I talked about. And then another part is the why. And this one is in particular for me because <clears throat> when I was growing up, uh, I like to ask that question a lot. <laughs> and people said it's curious, and they you know, made that, hey, it's curious, George, because I like to ask why. So <clears throat> the... I have never put that together. <laughs> yes. Light bulb. <laughs> Thank you, George, Light for that. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, the why, well, it, it actually it, it comes down to one thing. Does it matter? Because if we love him, we're going to obey him. So, one of the things there we were talking about was obedience. Um, and how does that factor in? And so, a lot of times people will go, why does God want me to do that? Well, why does God want me to turn right down this road instead of continuing going straight? Well, you know, if you turn right, maybe you're going to go down a road that is better salted. Or won't have as many ditches. <laughs> 
because on the drive home, um, it's usually a four-hour trip. It turned into five hours, and uh, Brian and I tagged out. I did the first half, and Brian did the worst half. <laughs> and there were many, many opportunities where uh, people were off to the side of the road because uh, they didn't know uh, what to do when they were on ice, or maybe they, uh, they weren't paying attention, or maybe they just unexpectedly hit some ice, and all of a sudden, poof. And Brian and I were talking about that as far as how does, you know, that's a, it's an indicator of people's lives. Um, and they go off to the side, and how well will they be able to recover? And then in one particular instance, there was somebody that had gone off the side of the road, and then somebody had, had braked, broken? Braked. Anyway, stopped their car <laughs> pretty much right behind them, which hindered the person trying to get out. Not only that, but it hindered traffic that was behind them that was going forward on the ice. <laughs> they, were, they were stopped on I-85. Yes. 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 <laughs> it was snow everywhere, but they were stopped <laughs> in the middle of the highway with people that can't stop. So it was yes. a, not a good idea. It, it wasn't, but they didn't <laughs> see that. They didn't yeah. understand what was going on around them. And when we obey our spirits uh, leading, or some people say the conscience, when we obey that, that's what he's trying to do, is to keep us from sliding and to keep us. Because no matter what he tells us to do, it's always for our benefit. It's always, it doesn't, we should never, ever, because if we're asking why, then we're asking him to justify it, and we're asking him to say, hey, I think I know better than you, so I want to hear why. And it's not that at all. He's always, always going to know what's best for us, and he always wants to keep us out of that ditch. Um, and then the, uh, the second to last point was... At one point, he talked about unforgiveness and God's mercy and how unforgiveness, staying inside, is, I heard it put one way before, and that was unforgiveness doesn't hurt anybody except for the person holding the unforgiveness. Right. You know, it, it doesn't affect the other person that you're not forgiving because it doesn't matter to them. It's not hindering their walk with God if they have one. It's not hindering anything because they don't know that it's there. Um, but if we keep that inside of us, then that's a part that we're holding back from God. Which ties in, into another point where anything we hold on to, anything, no matter what it is, is something we're not giving to God. So if we're not giving it to God, that means it can absolutely be used by Satan. And he could get in there and say, chip away at it, chip away at it, chip away at it. And all of a sudden, pretty soon, he's got a finger and a hand, and pretty soon he's got a foothold in an area that we didn't even know about, in an area that wasn't, it could have been something small, but because we held on to it, we have now given it to him. And there's an age-old saying that, you know, you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want a glass of milk. And so it goes back into that saying, hey, wait a minute, if Satan has this layer, then he's going he's to hit over here and say, okay, what about this? You know, in World War II, um, Adolf Hitler said, well, I invaded this country because there was Germans in there. Mm, okay. So he takes over that country. And it, well, I want to go here because there's Germans over here. Well, okay. And you line it up. At first, it doesn't seem that much, but all of a sudden, it's World War II. So it's called that for a reason. You know, and Satan, he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. Period. 
He's not there to help us at all. So if it's an area that we hold on to, it's an area we're going to give to the killer, the stealer, and the destroyer. That's it. But if we give it to God, what more can he do with it? What more can he say, you know what, I'm going to take this and I'm going to give it back to you a million times more. Because he loves us. He loves us so much that he gave his son for us. And that's how it's all tied together. It all comes back to one word, and that's love. All of this is tied to love. And what is love? God is love. And if we don't give our all to him, then we're holding some of it back. And we're saying, I got this. It's okay. When the creator of the universe, the father that sits on the throne, that said, you know what? I need somebody to go and get my people back. I want a brand new covenant that they can't break. And Jesus said, I'll do it. I'll go. And he said, okay. And he separated himself from the Father. Imagine that. Just imagine that separation from both ends. That's why Jesus said, take that. I don't want to do it, but I will anyway. There's that separation. He didn't want that. But he did it for us. Just like Brian was saying. He did it for us when we were his enemy. When we didn't care. But he did it anyway because of his love. That's why he will always be there for us. That's his mercy. It doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter what we say. It's his love. And that ties into what Barrett had, had done in uh, one, of the un- one of the Sunday morning teachings at 10 o'clock where he's talking about unforgiveness. But she said an excellent point, and that was we don't love each other with our own love because that's the way the world does it. Because that's based on what, uh, like for Bear and I, it's, it's based on what she does for me and I do for her. We're always going to come up short in that. Always. Because we're human. No matter what our heart is. But it just ties back into what Brian is saying. It doesn't matter um, our position. What matters is our direction. Say, okay, so we love each other with God's love. That's the 100% that marriage is. That's what covenant is. Covenant is 100%. Covenant says, you know what? When you are weak, I am strong. And when I am weak, you are strong. And the best part of it is, we've got the better end of the deal. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Because God doesn't need us, our help, but we most certainly need him. And if we just go to him every single day, in every single instance, it's, okay, Father, what do you want me to do in this area? What do you want me to do with this? And then we stay in that constant attitude. That's when he can use us and say, okay, you know what? I want to, this person over here needs ministering. I want you to call them. I want you to visit with them. Go drop by their work and say, okay, how are you? You've been on my heart. And when we're able to do that, that's humility. That's saying, Father, our life doesn't mean anything. That's the continual sacrifice that Paul is talking about. So... It's kind of it in a nutshell. I mean, I got more notes and all. But yeah, it was three straight days of about uh, how how many hours of uh, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> it a was lot. probably about um, ten hours a day. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of a lot of teaching, a lot of preaching. But you know, so one of the things that we should do is this is. Laura was kind of giving me this example while you were talking about that, is it all comes back down to 
what are we doing for God? What are we doing, all right? Um, and what should we do? And the scripture kind of points us in this direction that says, if God gave Jesus and Jesus gave his life for us, then what should we give to him in return? We should give our lives. You know, that's our reasonable service. That's our uh, a living sacrifice in Romans 12, 1 and 2. That is our reasonable service. So our life for his life. In other words, we wouldn't have a life. We would have nothing if it wasn't for Jesus. So, you know, there's a good example in war where so many times where people have, they've saved somebody else's life, and that soldier that's life was saved feels in debt to the person who saved them for the rest of their life because if that person wouldn't have saved them, they wouldn't be here. So if that person that saved them, you know, needs anything, they're like, what can I do? Now, not everybody feels that kind of morality and that level of uh, giving, but really that's an honest look at it. That's really a good way to look at it. What's well, absolutely the way that we see Jesus set it up so that we are not forced to do that, but out of love, we should choose to do that. That's a living sacrifice acceptable to God, is we choose to do that. So, and, and if we're choosing to give our lives to God and Christ, what does that look like? And, well, number one is uh, the why is love, but number two is the what is being the ambassador. That's what we've been talking about on Sunday mornings. To be the ambassador for God. So, in other words, if we're going to be the ambassador for God, what are we doing? We're shining we're shining bright, um, and we're shining in a world that's dark. We're shining what? The light, the love, the glory of God. All right, so if you have, uh, when I was uh, in the military, one, my job was I would take the electrical boards inside the generators and work on them. So in electrical components, there's a piece that's called a resistor, okay, and it resists the power that's going somewhere. It will resist that. Uh, in other words, let's say that you got a 100-watt bulb. You put a resistor in line. If it's a big enough one, it can drop it down to the output of a 60-watt bulb. And so now, if you can think about it, I'll just let me use this light here. So if this is you, if this is the light here, and a light has a radius that it will shine out. And so let's say it's for this light, it's 10 feet, okay? Um, then if you put a resistor in there and you drop its ability to shed light, all of a sudden the radius of 10 feet drops back to 9 feet. Yeah. Well, that seems, well, you've taken away a tenth of the area that it touched. No, 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 no. You, uh, that last foot is probably the biggest foot out there. Matter of fact, it is. In a radius, it's huge. It probably is, I don't know the exact numbers, but it's probably 30%. Simply because you dropped it back to 10%, 10% of the power was resisted. Okay? So, in other words, let's say that that light is us and the, the power is God, then the, the more that we give ourselves as an ambassador, the bigger area, the more people we can touch with the light and the love of God. Okay? So, 
If we're allowing God to shine through us the way that he wants to shine through us, what is holding us back? What is resisting that? Nothing. But the smallest thing, the smallest little piece that we have in our life, the smallest resistance starts to drop back the glory that's flowing and shining through us. And all of a sudden, you have uh, very much... uh, subtracted your ability to be a light to the world and the truth of the matter is most Christians they're very very dim because they have lots of fleshly things in their life that they've said you know I want to do this more than I want to shine for God and the problem with that is that they haven't made a good decision to love God and it comes back to being on fire for him being hot Or be cold, but don't be lukewarm, because that's the worst witness. And that was a lot that it was talking about. That's a lot that we've been talking about is what, what stuff in your life is causing resistance to the glory of God that's causing you to not shine like the sun? What is it? And should you allow any of it? Uh, There's a lot of scriptures in the Old Testament that talk about don't mix the holy and the profane. Don't mix those things. And and we should look at our, that was talking about in the temple, you don't mix the holy and the profane. Well, this is the temple, your body, your life. It's the temple. And we are not called to be a people that have a mixture of holy and profane. We're called to be a people that are on fire holy for God. That means we got to look at the things in our life and say, you know, is this really for God or is it eh, resistance to God? Is this holding us back? And that's really what it's all about. Because imagine, have you ever gone into, um, you ever been in like a, a big dark area and you got one bulb shining, right? And it's still kind of like a dark area, you know? You can see a little bit of stuff around, but but then have you ever gone into like the lighting section at a home improvement place and all the lights are on? You're like, golly, this is, wow, it's really bright, right? That's the way this church should be. That's the way the body of Christ should be. That's the way this area should be because the Christians have so little resistance, they're shining as bright as they can. But resistance comes up in this way. Well, you know, you gotta, you know, you just want to watch more TV. You know, I'd rather not, I don't want to read the Bible right now. You know, I, Lord, I don't want to spend time with you. I want to go, you know, read the paper. I want to, you know, watch the political news. You know, I got to keep up with it because we got to know who's coming next. Because if we don't know who's coming next and we don't vote for the right person, all of our finance might just go down the tubes and this country with it. And all of a sudden, you're, that's your source. And not God. And man, has the devil put a resistance on you. Because you realize, hey, it, listen, it is not a politician that's going to save this country. It's God. <laughs> it's God. And it's people removing the resistance from their life and being all in and being a proof and a light to the world. It is the church the body of Christ that the gates of hell will not prevail against. Not the government, 
not just one person. It's the body that the gates won't prevail against. So body, are we shining and turning this world as bright as we should be? Are we moving? Again, we got to move back to what George was talking about. Are we actually moving in love? Because love says, Lord, I'm giving you my life. And everything involved in it, every decision, it's my why. It's why I'm here. It's why I do what I do. I'm motivated to do the things that you asked me to do. And see, it can't just come down to one person being that. You know, I, let's say that I was super pastor. I'm not. But let's say that I was, right? That would not be enough. Let's say that everything I did was right from here on out. I used to be a heathen, but now everything else looks like Jesus, right? And everybody could say, man, that pastor down there, he sure does preach good, teach good, and man, he lives a life of love. And that'd be just awesome. And I'd be happy, and Jesus would be happy with me, but he wouldn't be happy with you, and he wouldn't be happy with me as a leader because it's not up to just me being that way. It's you. What are you doing to be that? How much resistance are you allowing in your life to hold back the light of God? So my life, Paul said this, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, if you ever see me doing something good, then please follow me in that. If you see me missing it, then don't talk about me and come to me. <laughs> but, but don't follow that part. But as I follow Christ, if you see me and I am, you feel like I'm an example in some ways to you, man, definitely follow that. In other words, don't just look at it and say, ooh, that's good. Be it. Become that. Be that. And right now in this world, this is what the world needs. And this is what will cause this area to change. And as the body of Christ as a whole across the earth does the same thing, which the Holy Spirit is drawing people to. How many people have felt the Holy Spirit drawing you to step up your game? How many people have felt that? See, that's happening all over the world right now. That's one thing that we saw down there. It's not just us. It's not just America. Right now, the Holy Spirit is orchestrating one of the biggest uh, quickenings, the, the biggest draws into the fullness of the Son of God, the fullness of His light. That's what He's drawing us to. The question is, will you be a part of it? Right. Or will you look back and go, God, I wish I'd done that. Right. It's not just what I do. It's what we all do. It's the example of Christ that we follow. And that's what we were seeing a lot. And I think we, we'll probably talk some more about some of the individual things uh, maybe next week. You know, we'll, I'll be led on it. But um, we need to not allow any resistance in our lives but allow the love of God to uh, invoke us, you know, to, to drive us to be like Christ, to drive us to be more and more like him every day. I know right now in me, and, and I think this will connect with you, right now in me, um, here, all he's talking, all I'm hearing from him uh, in a general basis is, uh, Brian, step it up. Step up to a new level. Pray, read the word, worship, fast. Step it up. Step it up. Step it up, Brian. Now's the time. Step it up. That's what he's telling me. And I know I'm not the only one. 
I'm getting text. He's talking to other people, and they're going, I got I to gotta do this. I got I to gotta be this. Well, let's do it together. Let's strengthen each other. The Word tells us that we are to come together and encourage each other, encourage one another to grow more like Him and, and to be more like Him. Let us encourage one another to the good works of God. So He's doing that. He's calling me. I know He's calling you too, and you can do it. So step it up. Let's step up together. Let's step up our game. Let's, let's be the kind of people that the devil fears. That we don't, that doesn't fear the devil, but the devil fears us. And I'm telling you, he is afraid of somebody that gets a hold of the power of God and then starts operating in it, starts walking in it. He doesn't like that person. And it's obvious by the attacks that he'll try to throw on them. When they start gaining momentum, all of a sudden he'll try to throw all these different things at them. We got to be the kind of people that just, you know, we can't, we're not even bothered by that. We just see that as, well, praise God. If I'm considered worthy of the devil's attacks, hallelujah, I'm doing something right. Let us move on. God's always leading us to triumph. I will not back down. I will go forward. Let nothing be a resistance to me shining like the sun. Let's do that together. Amen. Amen. Let's just stand up. Father, we just praise you. We worship you. Lord, let us be your people. Let us be the kind of people that glow with your glory, that are overwhelmed with you, that flow in the fullness of your living water, filled with your Spirit, moving in the wisdom and the knowledge of God, on fire for you, never lukewarm, but hot for you. Let us worship you with every ounce of our lives. Let our lives be a life of worship, a life of a living sacrifice acceptable to God. Let us be the people that you've called us to be, and let us not hold back, but Lord, let us shine like the sun as one body of Christ as one body anointed by you one body of your anointing father we praise you and we worship you and lord we let this motivate us to good works and not just on Wednesday night and not just for the next 15 minutes but we will be motivated because our why is loving you And that never ends, but we'll be motivated every day, every night, every minute, every hour to shine like the sun for you. And we praise you and thank you for just, Lord, the opportunity, the opportunity to be your people, to be a part of what you're doing. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the creator of the universe, and we get to join forces with you. We're allies with you. We're on your team. We win, and we already know it. Praise God, Lord, what an opportunity. Lord, thank you for allowing us to be who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, man. I appreciate that testimony, and I'm glad you had a good time, too. And uh, we'll share some more, and if you got any questions about that, uh, just let us know. But thank you for being here tonight, and I hope you were motivated uh, to do the things that God's called you to do. Have a good night.